Hello everyone, it's Paul here with some exciting news. I'm absolutely delighted that Series 4 of The Past Podcast is brought to you in partnership with the wonderful Chef Works, outfitting chefs, kitchens and front of house all around the world. Chef Works offer a collection of great uniforms, so to check out their full range, visit chefworks.co.uk. On with the show. Hello, it's Paul from The Past Podcast and we're back with another series and another episode uh, and in this episode I am going to chat to the wonderful, the beautiful, the radiant, the incredibly talented Martha Ortiz who was over in the UK from Mexico for one week and one week only and she kindly gave me some of her time to talk about her incredible where her inspirations come from you you're not going to be able to guess where this uh, where this chat goes uh, right now because it goes everywhere um really incredible lady i guess for me the first thing which i wanted to kind of talk to you about is it if i kind of rewind many years into the uk the people's perception of mexican food was this tex-mex big sizzling plates of fajita and things that probably aren't very authentic yes and and taco shells yeah. and this kind of sweet salsas with beans you know is the american offer the tex-mex but do you do you think we as the uk now are starting to get more familiar with traditional you know actual authentic mexican cuisine or do you think there's still a way to to go i think we're starting we i have a couple of colleagues that they are making a great job uh, because as, as, as you may know, Mexican food is very profound, it's historic, and it doesn't have nothing to do with Tex-Mex. Um, I think the flavors in Mexico are sophisticated, as I told you, very profound. It has a lot of culture in every spoon that you try, and it's beautiful because it's a high-contrast food. You... As Ella Canta said, we eat colors. I believe in that. I believe that Mexican food has this high contrast because you can have a red rice with a black mole in a blue plate. And that's a palette of sophistication in a way and means a lot. Mm. So I think um, it's a starting. I think food is part of a cultural movement mm. uh, because people is aware of Frida, and Frida will never have a taco shell, you know? She, she loved food. She was on Mexican wheel of food. It's part of, I think, our identity. It's part of what we born in. Um, and I think it's cultural, you know? You see the movies, what is happening with Mexico right now with these great directors, these new... You're going to have the, the Design Mexico Week. So I think we're part of that movement. Mm. It's not just the food, it's the beauty of Mexico and the sophistication. Is, is there a way of kind of doing things? Is there a, a way of working or cooking or the ingredients that you use that you can almost ensure to the guests here yes. that it's, everything is authentic? Of course, we, we, we make a big effort bringing things from Mexico because people maybe doesn't know that we have all these kind of different chiles. And what for me is very interesting is they are, you can eat them fresh, but you, you can eat them dry. And you make this mixture, talking about mole, you know, mole means sauce. Mm-hmm. And in Mexico, we have several kind of moles. 
But if you go to Oaxaca and you have these seven moles, talking about black mole that we serve in Ayacanta, you have this chile chilhuacle, the name is chilhuacle. And when I study the, the, the chiles, because I have to make a lecture, and I study in a very academic way, you know, chile chilhuacle is like the aristocracy of chile. It's very difficult to find, it's very expensive, but the flavor and the producers, they have this proudness, and they tell you you want first crew, second crew, or you want the best of the best. <laughs> so we, we're making this big effort to bring authentic ingredients from Mexico, and, and I think people notice in the mouth, mm. notice in the flavor, mm. because when you mix these chiles or these ingredients, we were talking about the mole, and you know that sometimes can have 50 ingredients, fruit, not spices, chiles, tortillas, maize, you know, sweet bread, everything in there. But with such, I think, uh, knowledge, mm. Of, of of this sauce that I think it's like the Mexican blood, you know, yeah. that the heroes has mole in their veins and that's why they are so brave and that's why Mexicans were so passionate, no? Because we have we have this kind of very spicy yeah. blood. Well I guess, you know, obviously being being in Britain, I've I've spoken to British chefs and I've spoken to chefs that cook it to different, you know, world cuisines. It feels to me that Britain has a real mixed food identity. You know, we take from yes. places, whereas Mexico has a really strong individual identity. Yes. But I think that's very interesting because if you see it in, the, in, in, in a way, Britain is open to these flavors. I think it's part of the history of mm. Britain, no? All, all these things that they are coming to all the parts of the world, you conquest, you, you, you know, and you bring it. Sometimes when I see a tray... This is from this part, this part, this part, the tray of tea. So I, what I think is that when people really try the authenticity and you have an open country to flavors, that's a perfect match. That's what I think for Mexican cuisine, it's going to be great to stay here and people will, will love it. I'm sure of that because you love authentic, you mm. love true flavors. You have the best uh, Indian restaurants in, 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 in the world here in London and all, of course in India, but, but you're very open and, and when you have this strong character, you have to be open because what it happens with Mexican food is that it's the best of these two worlds. I think it's the old and the new world together. Imagine all the ingredients that came through Spain and all the local ingredients. So I say it's the perfect match. And for now, Mexico is giving the conquest all the way to the whole world. So it's interesting, you know, it's very interesting. So I'm going to take a pause to introduce you to the podcast, to the guests. Um, my guest is Marta Ortiz. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I re was reading about you and I read you kind of got into food because your parents used to throw dinner parties yes. and have guests around. So what would, what would that sort of big spread look like when you were a kid? I, I, I had this big curiosity. My, my father and my mother are very academic and intelligent people and, and they love to to give us in, in 
in a way the best, saying the best is education. Mm -hmm. And when they invite this kind of wonderful Mexicans and people, I said, what put these people together? So I start looking, you know, these big tables and, and the food was part of it. So I make these fantasies. <laughs> and since I was a little girl, and I saw this person, so I say, this is a Nobel Prize. And, and when I see him eating and talking, and then I went down to, to, to read and sit down because, because the dining room was in the, in the upper part of the house. And I went down to, to, to see the book and, and read what, what these beautiful poems. And I went up and see the food. I say, this is a perfect dancing between intelligence and and well-being and discussion and understanding the world. So I said, I, I, I think I I became a cook to recreate that moment. Mm. For me, that's that perfect moment. If I if I make my own psychoanalysis, it's recreating that moment when when the food put people together yeah. and, and have this very interesting discussions. And I saw the colors and the food and the discussions. And that moment, I have it in my mind. I can say you what color was the tablecloth of that day. That what? Really? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's an imagine, you know, yeah. and and people sometimes so, so you don't have imagines with flavors. Mm. I can smell it, and I can say my mother that they make this beautiful yellow mole, and then I went down and read that poem, and I went up and see this couple that he was a Nobel Prize, and the eyes, and the yellow mole, and the <laughs> smell. So it's that perfect moment, you know, the perfect moment of flavors the that's, memory of flavors it's amazing how strong it is in your mind and, yes. it, and it obviously sparked kind of like a curiosity in you yes. to learn how to make these things and of how course. to and, and, and you know and it was a melting pot you know between literature mm. flavors conversations identity and these very I think like story tales that mm. you start making in your mind mm. then I I I I remember that I tried to understand the history of Mexico through flavors. So I always say it in the school. I think that Hernán Cortés get in love of the Malinche because she tastes like the sun. And, you know, my teacher say, and what's the flavor of the sun? And I say, salty, go to the sun <laughs> and then try yourself. It's a little bit salty, you know. She said, maybe, yes. So, so I start putting flavors in the histories like a synesthesia thing, where the colors and the flavors merge together with the characters. And I say, these people taste like this. It's a little bit sour, with sweet. And I start to make these personalities. And I adore to do that. And, and it gives me uh, uh, an heritage mm. that, that flavors define in a, in a way. You, you find a flavor in life. Mm. So it's just like it's almost and you like taking your own from your you know from your yeah, surroundings. Of course. So. so I believe that that you start you cook your life in a mm, way. Yeah. You put flavors to life. Yes. And these flavors can be antagonists to create the master recipe. And I always said, you know, when 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 the young students come to me and say, "What should I do?" 
make the master recipe of your life? Well, this, that's really interesting because what I ask my guests to do is come up, is to think about some dishes, you know, five dishes that reflect parts of their life. So of course. this should be quite easy for you. So of course. <laughs> so do, what would you like to put as your first dish onto a, you know, the menu of your life? I I, re I remember making mullets with my mother, and 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 she loved. Uh, because my my grandfather was from Oaxaca, we didn't have a relation him with a relation with him. He passed away, so I think it was a memory mm. mole. So I remember this very strong flavor that tastes like the black, and I and I start believing that black tastes elegant, profound, mysterious, um, rich. And announces, you know, this elegance. So, all the smell, all these earthy ingredients, that is one of my, and it's my favorite dish. You know, black mole, no protein, and a tortilla, and a white tortilla, because I always said <laughs> I'm trying the night and the day together. And you yeah, can so find you can it in a dish. The color. Yes, yeah. and the flavors, because the sun mm -hmm. uh, bless the maize to grow up in a way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you're trying the day and the night in one dish. So I have this memory of, of Oaxaca, of the flavor of the memory of recreation, a moment of a people that is not there. Then then I, I, I can go, my mother loves sweet, I remember. So <laughs> she always, I always was a helper, you know, <laughs> the third chef there. So my mother loved to make this, this cake that she called it Casata Marta, you know, because she invites an elegant name. But she made this perfect almond, almond, um, almond cake with a kind of eggnog, Mexican eggnog, rompope. And I say, mother, let's put flowers on it. Let's put roses. <laughs> and she adored the idea. <laughs> so it was a big success, you know, the, the almond the rompope and the roses and I changed the name and I say why don't we call it you know like heaven cake you know uh, and my mother said Let, let's change heaven baroque cake so we start building you know the names and for that how, how old were you, were you be at this time like seven right okay seven so because, yes I adore to from the, early yes early age. early age and what what would it have been like you know for your parents at that at that time in your life to say look I want to be a chef what was their initial reaction but, What, what my father is a medical doctor, so he believed in other formal careers. And more, if you think 15 years ago, he, he, he said, yeah. no, 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 no. If you don't want to be a medical doctor, you have to go to school. And I say, if you want to cook, you go to school, no? Mm -hmm. Say, no, 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 a formal career. So I study political science as a career. Mm. And, and I adore it. Why? Because give you a method. Mm. And give me a way of understanding mm. why so even so ingredients are in trend in some part of, of the mm. political thing. So it's interesting. So I study political science as a former career. Right. Okay. And I adore to go to that school, I remember. It's uh, quite a different world. To... It's a different world, but at the same <laughs> time, if you do things seriously and you understand the political development of a country, mm. you understand how 
flavors, dishes, preparations start building mm. and goes through this. I think food, it's social. Mm. And it has to be social, cultural and social. So I, I really like it. I, I, went, I remember that I went to some pastry lessons and I went to school with a little bit of flour and everybody <laughs> looked at me and said, She's strange, you know. <laughs> I remember I smell a little butter and cinnamon <laughs> and the flour because I have to do both. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember that I have this wonderful teacher that she was from the north of Mexico. And pastry for me was like, like my father career, you know, science, perfect, like a doctor, you know. 24 grams of sugar. And I say, 24 grams, how can I do it? You know, I'm putting an example. But it was very, I like it. I like it. I'm not a pastry chef, but I love desserts. Mm. I love to imagine because they can be, they can be sometimes so beautiful and perfect. And you can build a little story. Uh, and, I, and I adore that. My third dish mm. I love our frescas. Mm, these these I think, are delicious. Like, do you know what? I could drink this all day. Yes. It's incredible. And it was part of, they, they put these big jars. We never have like sodas in my house. Mm. So so my mother always make, you know, agua fresca and put it on the fridge and you come from school and have a glass. And I start looking that agua frescas can be as complicated as a dish that I can mm. put a lot of ingredients and I give the same treatment that I will give it a dish. Something that can be very simple. I say, why not fruit with picante? Why not fruit with a little bit of vegetables? What not sour and sweet? Mm. That is the modern mythologist, you yeah. know? But in an agua fresca without alcohol because it was part of the tradition. So I remember to build the aguas frescas and to have a little store outside my house. And nobody bite me because nobody passed by there. But I, I thought it was a great idea. So I, do it, I did it for a week and I lose, you know, all the money that I have saved. So it wasn't the best. I put fantastic and magical. I was frescas. I was sitting, you know. Waiting for something waiting. to go by. And, and because I love to read, I put books that you can read. So nobody passed by there. And nobody was interested, you know. Maybe because I put so yeah. big books. It's a library. War, you war and see. Peace Tolstoy. That kind of things, you know. So I say, what is this? No, and the agua fresca, guava, and habanero, you know, and rosemary or basilic and mango and chile serrano. So it was it was a business that lasts, I think, <laughs> six or seven days, no more. No. What's um What's kind of in Mexico when you're trying to elevate dishes like you do? What's the response? From, from diners because I kind of get and this is you know only my kind of people ideas. love it but I don't think the, 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 the word is elevated I think Mexican food is elevated mm. what I do is reinterpreted no mm. making a new sense making the lyrics of the flavor but people adore it and I say I don't have clients I have collectors <laughs> that's my point of view when I change the menu I say, please come, my collectors. Collectors of flavors, mm. of names, because I love to make storytelling yeah. and change names and maybe make a menu. You know, I start looking at uh, some women in Mexico mm. 
that they were fantastic. They're almost all uh, past. But when I think in maybe in Tina Modotti and her work as a photographer, I want to build something black and white. And I put a name of, of, of a photography of her. And people, when they get out, they have this kind of thinking and maybe said, I didn't know who was Tina Modotti, but I will go and learn. Or this fantastic woman that now we have an exhibition in Mexico, Naguiolin, you know, the one with the big eyes. Mm -hmm. And they call her the insane from the sun, no? because she was a little crazy, the crazy of the sun. <laughs> but I think she was crazy because she really tried to make an effort and it, it wasn't that perfect moment for the woman. She wants to learn, she wants to be an artist, she wants to be free. And in that moment, I think that all the society in Mexico and here or whatever was very tough with women. And we were talking before we went live on the interview about the restaurant scene that's really exploded of course. in Mexico City. Um, I went to an event uh, called Obsession uh, in Northcote in Lancashire and they had three chefs from Mexico, Quintanil, uh, and a couple of others as well. Yes, um, and Jorge Vallejo. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yes. I knew you'd say that better than me. Yes. That's why I said the restaurant name, yes. not the chef name. He's he's very good. And um, what, what? But why do you think it is now then that it's kind of come? Because I, I think it's a, a it's a cultural thing. I think the world now understands that Mexico or Mexico. It's a great country with a great identity. And I think, you know, first the Peruvian food went on trend. Yeah. But now Mexico that has this richness, I think we're, it's not going to be just coming and going. I think we're going to stay mm -hmm. because it's one of the greatest cuisine of the world. Do you think it will be something that will be more adopted in London, you know, these slightly higher end Mexican... Of course, and not only the high end. I have seen all the taquerias. And what I like about these taquerias is they're not this American with the taco shell, no? with this very strong and crunchy tacos. That's not true. They're putting a lot of effort to make fresh tortillas. Mm. I like El Pastor. You know, it looks like a Mexican market with a little, uh, all these little details that, remind me of Mexico, even the plates, the informality. Mm. There are another, not fine dining, but very good restaurants like, like Santo Remedio mm. that I really liked. And I think Peyotito is doing a great job. This, this, this wonderful chef, Cavita. And, and I think it's the response of the, of the people here is really positive because you also collect flavors from yeah. all the world and history behind. Why not Mexico? And in Mexico, what is happening is that Mexicans will start feeling very proud about our food and our gastronomy. Maybe 20 years ago, you preferred to go to a French restaurant. Mm. Now, you say, this is Mexico. And I love Mexican food. Yes, I absolutely adore yeah, Mexican I, food. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think the flavor and the colors and the presence and the memories. I always said that picante, a chile, is like a great lover. 
you know, you have this memory and it stays with you and you feel you are seduced by the flavor of the pecan. It's not just hot. When people say it's hot, I say it's not fruit. All the picantes has different flavors. It's hot, but maybe this can be more playful. This can be more strong. This one can be more astringent. This this one can be more flowery. So I'm making this this description that I adore in Mexico, the flowery picante. Say, <laughs> what is this? No, but but people try it and and understand. And we're and you're over in the UK celebrating one year of yes. Alicante here yes. in, in um, London. Yes. I'm has it been a, has it been a good year? I'm very happy. It's been a good year. I think a year of learning. I think a, a year of of trying to give the best of Mexico. Mm. Uh, a year where Mexico is present. You can see the Frida Kahlo exhibition. I make the cocktail for the BNA, and I was really amazed, surprised, how people from the UK love Frida Kahlo. Mm. She's an idol, no? Yeah. They, they really love, yeah, yeah iconic. an icon, iconic. They love her. Mm. And, and I was really happy. Because she was Mexican, of course. of course. And she was woman. <laughs> and she was wonderful. Yeah, and strong. And, she, and... and strong. And she was free. And I don't think that people look at her suffering. But I think Frida loves life. And Frida built herself up. Not just make herself. She built mm. it. And there's no painter in the world that you can see the face and recognize it. Mm. She makes her portraits as her mirror. Mm. No, she wants to look like her portrait. So this relationship with herself, I think is fantastic. Do you feel you have to do that? Do you feel you have to build yourself as a brand and a record, you know, because you do television work in America and, uh, sorry, in Mexico, and you do, you know, you're kind of building your name up and your reputation. What I, I really... Of course, you need to do that work. But at the same time, I feel a, a very enormous responsibility in a country like Mexico. What I love to do is help other women. I think that's my mission. Really, I'm, I'm, I, I believe in giving the hand to, to other women that they're starting with a career. It's not easy. I think it's not easy in the world. Um, look the prices. Look, small woman, big man. We're changing. So I think that's my mission right now. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, try to distinguish and buy from women producers, um, you know, the trainees. I, I love that they are women. So they will, they will be in a field that they can become their master recipes of themselves. Well, I was I was peering into your kitchen. I did see quite a few female chefs, by the looks mm -hmm. of things, going around. So is that obviously something that you want to encourage to of get course. more females in the industry? Of course, and I think to respect them and to respect the style that has to not to be the same, you know. So I think I have this responsibility, and I'm very happy to to, to being in this moment in the UK, being Mexican, being proud Mexican. And I think that's the strongest part of the Mexican cuisine. This 
two worlds together, the old and the new, uh, in a mixed recipe that make the stronger flavor mm. that can build an identity all over the world. Let's, uh, let's have your fourth dish. Have you got a fourth dish that you're very passionate about that you want to talk about? I already talked about three. Have, yeah, okay. Yes, the, the so mole. Yeah. Then the Baroque, yeah. remember almond rose cake. Yeah. Yeah. Then the aguas frescas that I make yeah. with guava. Yeah. And habanero that I adore it. Yeah. Then I made tortillas that was very difficult. Okay. And I started making psychedelic tortillas with the different colors of the maize. I remember that I put little <laughs> and I started making psychedelic and say if the Aztecs have decorations. I put petals, I put names, I put all kind of things, you know. And tortillas were, wow, you know. Making tortillas is very complicated. Mm -hmm. Everybody burns, you know. You have to wait exactly moment. You have to have the heat. Here is very difficult because having a comal, a big one in Mexico, is as complicated. But I think just a tortilla mm -hmm. with a mole, The guava agua fresca with the habanero, no? Uh, uh, the sun, the psychedelic, everything together <laughs> is fantastic. And the fifth ingredient, I think it's passion. Mm. You need passion in life. Uh, to cook, to build your own identity, and you have to build courage mm. with passion. If you don't do it, That's my favorite ingredient. And you make your own tortillas here and everything, don't you? So, of course, yeah. yes, so of course. everything is made in-house? Yes, everything. Importing all things from yes. Mexico? And yes, and, and finding to be fair with the Mexican producers and show the world how Mexican ingredients are so unique. Do you feel it's an education piece then as well? Of course. I think for the when I go and try something for other countries, part of education. If you ask, if you investigate it, if you feel the different flavor, I think it's educational. Mm. So if you had one dish that you could think that would be like your special, you know, the one dish that maybe means the most to you, do you know? Black mole. Right, that okay. moment <laughs> that I built a memory of a part of Mexico that wasn't present in that moment. In that, it was a perfect moment to believe in food as memory and identity and in terms of kind of what's next for you do you have kind of plans to keep expanding throughout the world keep I'm educating making other or... I'm, I'm making another restaurants in Mexico I'm finishing my book that called Maria recipes for women with greatness and I'm so happy to do it um, and and I'm And what I want is in these new restaurants give opportunity to the other women chefs. Mm. That's what I adore. When when you look back at your career, like I've asked you to kind of do today, I mean, I know we've only had half an hour, so we could have gone hours, you know, looking of back course. at such a rich career. But when you look back, do you have a moment that really stands out and said, yeah, that was the moment where, I, you know, I kind of did what I wanted to do or I really achieved kind of what I set out to do? Of course. I used to have the most beautiful restaurant in Mexico called Aguila y Sol. 
and the government government shut it down. Yeah, I read because, about, I yes, read about this. Because they told me I need one more parking space. I read about this. I think I was very <laughs> successful. <laughs> and, they, and some people didn't like it because I, you know, it's a punishment in a way and a public punishment. Uh, and in that moment that they closed it, I decide that it was very sad that I didn't deserve it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I said, I love this so much that I will do it again. And if they do it again, I will do it again. <laughs> and I will do it the rest of oh, yeah. my life. It was a consciousness decision in pain. And when you do that, nobody can stop you. When, when you give talks, when you get people coming up to you asking you questions, you know, wannabe chefs, future chefs, what's, what's the first thing they ask you and what's your... You know, a lot of, a lot of people come and say, Marta, what do you did with this horrible story? How do you get on? Because it was hard. I mm. lose everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, you need to have passion. That's the main ingredient. And rebuild yourself. Cook yourself another time and find maybe a stronger flavor. Mm. That's what I, if you want to achieve, you have to give. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's easy to look back and sort of, you know, smirk and say it was shut over a car parking space and yeah. laugh, but it must have been quite serious at the time. Oh, imagine, I, I, I lose even my house, so... Yeah. But I learned a lot. And now that all these histories that are going out from this woman that has been abused, you know, that can speak out about their experience, I think... I need to do this with more serious thing. I want to write a book about what mm. happened, but in a positive way, mm. to, to, to show people how rude can life be, but how can you can be brave enough yeah. to battle that kind of things. Well, I'll be honest, you know, the question, the format's up that I do for, you know, I'm, I'm on bang on time for the episode, but I don't want this to finish. Mm -hmm. I've, I've loved this chat so much. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been thank my you. absolute pleasure. No, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thanks again to the wonderful series partner, ChefWorks. Check them out on social media. Just search at ChefWorks UK and Ireland on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Hashtag ChefWorks wearers to feature or get in touch if you want to appear as the chef of the month. <laughs>